0: Say we are top of the league. We are top of the league. Say we are... Hello, everyone. Welcome to a shameless, absolutely shameless celebration of 17 games into the season. Uh, the 17 games into the season champions, Manchester United. That's right, because no title, prospective title winner has ever blown it after 17 <laughs> games. Um, ever. Benny Hudson, a friend of the show, tweeted... Um, uh, I know they don't hand out t- t- trophies in January but could they? <laughs> just like, well yeah. yeah, I think so. I mean
1: maybe the if, uh, if the pandemic gets any worse they just have to cancel the season. So
0: yes, I I wouldn't I would that would have the biggest asterisk ever wouldn't it? Um I mean I was giddy absolutely giddy with excitement. We haven't been top of the league since well at the end of a game week. I mean been top of the league since September. 2017, and we haven't been top of the league in January since 2013. And what uh, happened in 2013, Paul? What yeah, happened? That, we won the Ruddy League, didn't we? Yeah. We won it. I
1: That's mean, right, yeah. I think, I think uh, we were seven games into the season last time we were top of the league. And so that doesn't really count. 17, look, I, I still think that the chances of United actually winning this thing are fairly small. Oh, Yeah. For reasons that we all oh, yeah. know, of course, Absolutely. but but it's just you know I, I think testament to the progress that United be making, and it's a strange year, and there are lots of caveats, definitely, of course, and and in any other year, United may well not be um, quite so close, uh, but it's but it's you know so like Liverpool have lost how many games now? A few and drawn way more than. Uh, We'd expect them to, City had a slow start, so there's lots of viats, but um, focusing on the positive, United made leaps and bounds of progress, leaps and bounds, more points than any other team, since uh, you-know-who joined the
0: club. Uh, Yeah, well, exactly, Paul Pogba, no, not really. Um, Top of the league in the women's game as well, so in fact we are top of the leagues, which is quite some achievement. It is. Um, and imagine if we win both of them, <laughs> what absolute staggering scenes that scenes, would be. Scenes
1: it would be, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not betting on that one just
0: yet. Either of the them. the 538 model, which I'm weirdly obsessed with just out of sort of strange curiosity, we jumped up 2% in our likelihood of winning the league from 10 to 12% in, after the win against Burnley. So that's what they attribute. 2% is quite a lot, isn't it? You know, you just do that every game end up winning the league or something well, well that's um,
1: right if we win every single game and we get two percent more each game we're gonna get up to uh not not a hundred percent yeah not a hundred percent yeah that's right yeah we need 50 I think, games i think somehow the numbers
0: would increase rapidly as you got towards it <laughs> yes. statistics and all that uh and of course the the game at the weekend has taken on this absolutely I mean you know it's nice of us to kind of give the second place team in the league a chance to have a crack at us straight away um I mean wow uh, we'll talk about that game a lot in the second half of the show but first of all uh what did you make again of the performance against Burnley I thought that United I, I found the first half just a very difficult watch as a game of football um not helped by a five and a half minute VAR that was given four minutes of added time, boo. Um, but then the second half was a bit of a thrill ride, to be honest. Yeah, look, the first half, I think United
1: played into Burnley, Burnley's hands quite a bit. They they, I mean, Jan Cruyff used to say, make the pitch very small when you're defending and make it very big when you're attacking. And United didn't really do that at all. Uh, and got into some trouble with uh, Burnley's sort of pretty direct approach. I have to say, I mean, they really are a throwback. It feels like they're getting more of a throwback. Uh, maybe it's just because they're a particularly bad version of Burnley right now. Um, but it was just really messy and, and United let it get messy, got involved in some aggro, which uh, I'm sure suited Burnley fine. They 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 want to reduce it all to a scrap and a fight. And stop other teams playing, and and they did that quite effectively, I thought, in the first half. And United just needed to expand the pitch, and I think you saw after the after half time, and this I'm sure Ali's made it a, a point of this because we saw Pogba switching play like constantly after half time, just trying to expand that pitch and trying to get um Martial and Rashford just a little bit a little bit wider to stretch Burnley and Burnley. Conversely, went really narrow and really deep, and, and as a result, they just couldn't get, um, couldn't release the pressure at all. And it was just incessant, wasn't it? Uh, for the second
0: 45, yeah, absolutely. So, I haven't looked up any of the data or the numbers or the XG or anything about this game, so this is entirely impressionistic, really. Um, but it was, I, I mean, the, the only real meaningful incident in the first half that I can remember off the top of my head is, oh, well, Martial nearly scored a bicycle kick, but it was ended up kind of, I think it ended up coming off a defender, but I think it was bound for the top corner, which might have kickstarted his confidence because the second half cannot have done his confidence any good. I'm seeing him get no end of stick. And I just think like people just, People a forget and b just want to be right. You know, it's like we've seen his quality and he's clearly in a bad trough. Um, but then the the Schrodinger's sending offs sendings off. Um, the Luke Shaw makes a tackle. Gary Neville, who later apologized for the poor quality of his commentary, um, um, saying over and over and over again that. Uh, Luke Shaw didn't get the ball so he could be in trouble whilst watching replays of Luke Shaw getting the ball over and over and over again uh, and then the the play continues up the pitch Cavani is in a clear goal scoring opportunity ish yeah um, but that never existed in the new quantum mechanics laws of the Premier League and uh, so yeah Shaw got a yellow card
1: yeah, which which in the end I think it was probably the right decision all round. I mean, it is a foul. He has got a toe on the ball, but he, the follow through is clearly on the leg, and and um, it's a bit high. I think Sean Dyche said afterwards that sometimes it could have been a red, and he's probably not wrong there. Yeah, the velocity wasn't that high, at least from sure it was from uh, who did he foul? I've forgotten now. Burnley player was steaming in. Um, but but there's multiple vectors all moving at the same time here. So, Shaw's clearly going for the ball, and he's got part of it, but not enough of it. And and the the follow through a millisecond later, and it's you know the legs planted on the ground, not on the the dude's shin. So, all of that's taken into account, and we probably got the right decision. Uh, which was a shame, though, because uh, you know, VAR and all that, um, people uh, kind of. Hate the slowness of that. And I, I, you know, I hate the slowness of that. That doesn't mm. do the game any good. I mean, it got to the right decision and it was a complex one because having to look at multiple things and you don't get that every single game. But, but um, yeah, five and odd minutes um, didn't really do much for the spectacle, I think
0: no and it is absolutely outrageous that not that amount of time is then added on at the end of the half I mean I I actually thought the referee was really really poor was the Maguire goal in the first half as well yeah I think it might have been actually Um, Uh, yes yes it was yeah because it was at that end wasn't it and I th- I think that's the opposite end to the one we actually yeah it is it's the opposite end to the one we scored in yeah um,
1: I mean I, I've swung back and forth on the Maguire goal because at the time I, I'm thinking A hand in the back that feels like uh, it feels like and is the hand first probably sort of it feels probably just about right but yeah but I mean I, I don't know not that long ago that that might not have been given and, yeah, Maguire's clearly got the jump on him. He's beating him anyway. And and we've talked about Maguire's actual lack of prowess in the air quite frequently on this show because his scoring record is really poor despite the reputation. But he's, he's you yeah, know, it's a great leap and he's stuck it in top bins.
0: So yeah, it's a fantastic header. I mean, it's great uh, uh, The consensus appears to be, oh, game's gone, I mean, I have to say, at no point watching that did I think, oh, game's gone, because I thought, well, even though he has clearly got the beating of him, that his hand's gone down into the defender. And it it then becomes just a question of, like, force, right? Are you shoving the defender down so the defender can't get off the ground? Or are you just putting your arms out because you're jumping? And these are decisions which are very difficult for the referee to make. So what, what was it um, ruled out by VAR, or was it deemed a foul and then not overturned? Do you know?
1: I, that, to me that, I think the whistle went really quickly. Yeah, because uh, that makes Yes,
0: it, yeah, I think that's right, yeah. Because that would make more sense if the referee makes a bad decision, gets it wrong, and then you can't say that's a clear and obvious error because there's some grey area about whether it's a foul or not. That That kind of makes sense. If that's a goal and then it's overturned... Yeah, no, because I, I
1: was thinking it was offside because the whistle went straight away. But then, yeah, realised the referee had given it. So, yes, and the way the VAR works, it's essentially there to correct errors from the referee. So they tend not to to overturn marginal calls like that. So, but And it was marginal. So, yeah. There used to be a time you used to hand off players. Probably not. You can leverage them. It's not like rugby where they all pretend that they don't jump at the line out and Le- you know, leverage the other dude's shoulders while jumping 12 feet in the air and the dude's <laughs> 24 stone, you know. No, no, ref, we didn't do that, honest. But, uh, you know, you could, you, there used to be some physicality and, and obviously more of that um been pulled from the game,
0: which I'm sure Sean Dice doesn't like, except when he gets the decision his way. Yeah, yeah. Um... Uh Eric Baye was magnificent in this game once again, I thought. I mean this guy yeah, so I mean he's we talked about his
1: injury last time out getting the elbow in the neck or Dean Henderson's knee. Full yeah, knee was it? Knee yeah. knee. Some appendage anyway. And yeah, good good at his back. I mean he's he's just such a better balance in the middle with Baye
0: in there. Just so much better. Yeah. It's not even close. Um and then and then let's talk about Pogba, because I, I thought in one you, you mentioned him switching to play a lot in the second half. I thought I mean he made a phenomenal number of ball recoveries. Him and Matic between them won the ball back 20 times across the game. I think eight for Paul Pogba, which given that his primary role in the side was as a kind of creative force is, is pretty remarkable. Um you know, he had a really good game with and without the ball. Um the uh one of the things I thought about uh the second half was he seemed to get himself forward more. Like he, it felt he felt very stranded deep in the second half, and it did feel like he joined in the attacking play more in the second half. I, I, I haven't seen heat maps or anything, but that's just how it felt.
1: Yeah, And I, I mean, and I think he he had to, didn't he? I mean, and especially yeah. with Burnley dropping deeper and deeper, he, he's he's surely got to be you know game intelligence and and just take the game by the scruff of the neck. I mean, his role in this system is a. Part of the double pivot, so that's why he's not getting forward as much as he might want to. Certainly, he's certainly in the attacking third much more when he's playing in that diamond or on the left side of the four-two-three-one, isn't he? But uh, in this role, he's a bit deeper. But this this was all action. Pogba made lots of tackles, lots of ball recoveries, more passes than anyone else in the game. Scored the goal. You know, this is this is good. And of course, the goal. Colors everyone's impression in a game like that where he didn't score the goal. I don't know whether he'd be getting the plaudits because the the reaction to Pogba is you know fairly negative First, I would say uh, from the masses, but uh, but good good for him. You know this was an excellent game, and I think he's been in an excellent run of form. And, and Ollie talked about it after the game, saying, "Look, he had an injury, he had COVID, and
0: now we're looking to get the best from him, hopefully." Uh someone I'm really sorry that I haven't got it to hand. Uh someone asked the question, uh is is this kind of like a real triumph of man management for Solskjaer because when Riola spoke up when Jose was the manager that was when all the virus chat started, you know. Um whereas the the way that Solskjaer's responded to Riola chipping off has been pretty much perfect essentially.
1: Yeah, look I think people are, I mean he played it very diplomatically Solskjaer and because uh, I guess, you know, football is pretty insular world. There's not that many players out there and there's not that many agents. Or, uh, and at some point, even if Pogba does leave in the summer and everyone's assuming that he's going to, United will end up having to do business with a not least because Erling Haaland is a Riola client. So burning the bridges, uh, unfortunately, isn't an option. Uh, so, he, yeah, he played it very diplomatically. And um, I don't know whether all these things are actually linked to Pogba's form or whether he's just fit now. Um, He had the ankle injury, which ruined almost all of last season. And and people like to attribute that to somehow not wanting it enough or not loving the shirt or there's no passion. But uh, I, I think that ruined that season. And... A different ankle injury and the coronavirus ruined a lot of the beginning of this season. Mm. And now we're seeing something more. And, and Pogba um, is important to United because he can put that kind of performance in. But he also creates a lot of balance for United in a way that although the McFred uh, partnership gives that sort of energy in midfield, you obviously lose the ability with the ball. So Yeah. We'll see. I, I mean, we got, we'll got. we talk about Liverpool in a bit and, and it'll be an interesting test to see whether Pogba's uh, in the side for that one. I assume he will be because actually I think Martial's injury is going to to take that decision away from Oli and it will end up with a diamond. But we'll, we can talk about that a bit more later.
0: Uh, that question was from Simon Lindmark, by the way. I looked that up um, during that very good, thorough answer. I On the Touchline Fracker podcast... Um, One of the people there was saying that the thing about United at the moment is that you have Rashford, Martial, Pogba, and Fernandez. And if one or two of those really turn up in a game, they're too much for almost all, almost whoever we play against. And I, I do think that's true. I would say that really Pogba was the only one who turned up, turned up last night. Rashford, with an absolutely brilliant assist. In among a really, another really tough evening. And he is making a habit this season of making telling contributions when he's not even playing that well overall. Like he's not having his best game, but he's getting goals and assists. An absolute nonsense hatchet job in the Telegraph today from a journalist called Luke Edwards who should be, he he should just be absolutely ashamed of himself and have no compunction in calling out that nonsense like oh well all very well helping these kids but he's not playing that well is he it's like should we look up these yeah. goals and a a let's look up these goals and assist numbers and b uh which one of these two things is ultimately more important anyway look I but just, I just, just nonsense, thought that was I a
1: a wordy way of saying shut up and dribble I mean it's in the same yeah, exactly,
0: exactly 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 So yeah, sod that guy, like that guy, I hope that guy goes to bed, like, thinking, oh my God, how have I become an agent of this kind of thing? He probably isn't, got got to say, you know, know, he he has chosen to
1: work for those employers. Anyway, he was getting a bit defensive on Twitter when people were calling him out. Pathetic.
0: People haven't read this, but, uh, but. um, Brilliant piece in, brilliant piece in Media Watch. Uh, on Football 365, uh, the headline of which was, we have read it and we wish we hadn't.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, look, sod that guy. Rashford
1: lets this all wash off. I mean, and he was quite right this week to... to. I mean, it's interesting. You would have thought Rashford posting these pictures, slight diversion since we're talking about it, posting these pictures of the care packages that the government is supposed to be uh, sending out to families in need, um, and it's supposed to be £30 worth of food, Right. You'd have thought this would unite both libertarians and socialists to say, you know, one, you know, hungry kids deserve to be looked after because that's the role of the government. And two, libertarians, wouldn't you like your government money to get value for money rather than getting what looked like about £3.50 worth of food and and the other £26.50 going to a private company who's just milking the the government for all it's worth but i don't know those are the times and uh you know we've had billions and billions of pounds worth of government waste with um with uh ppe and other uh coronavirus related contracts so this is just another to throw on the pile i guess
0: yeah this one was particularly i mean the the inhumanity this is what rashford is so good at in a way he's constantly makes it human first like he's never talks about politics except when he has occasion to like praise the politicians for reacting and it's you know Marcus Rashford is a smart man. He knows that Boris Johnson does not care about this at all. I'm sure Marcus Rashford knows Boris Johnson doesn't care about this, because otherwise he wouldn't have to ring him every five minutes to go, "Uh, I can't help but noticing that you've uh, given a third of a carrot to a hungry family. That, by the way, if you haven't seen this story, is not some sort of exaggeration. These absolute psychopaths were chopping up carrots and giving a stub of carrot. Like, a carrot costs... Uh, I mean, at Christmas time, you were getting a a kilo and a half of carrots for thirty p. Even at the, the the kind of any time of the year, carrots are extremely cheap. Uh, this is these are these people are evil, and Marcus Rashford is a hero. Yeah, uh, and on the pitch, not his best game, but he got an assist. So, yeah, stick on that the... up your pike and smoke it. <laughs> on the pitch, these people are evil, and he combined with Paul Pogba to defeat them. So you know. that's right. Um, let's talk about Pogba's goal then, because uh, oh my god! It's,
1: it's, I mean, it's such a beautifully sweet strike, uh, and and you know, good 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 interplay. Bruno Fernandez was involved, and Rashford um, in the build up, um, and then just uh, just a lovely hit. I mean, shame shame the um, the visuals of it are spoiled on second viewing by the the deflection. But still, nice way to win a game.
0: Yeah fantastic the technique to get power and direction on that ball with his leg at that angle. It's not too many footballers that could do that I would say. Uh, excellent and and in the end a thoroughly deserved three points. It got a little hairy at the end because we didn't get the second and there were a couple of moments where it looked like Burnley um, might cause a problem but it would have been it would have left United I'm sure feeling pretty hard done by. Uh, what happened with the Martial injury? well i mean
1: it looked like he's he's tweaked a hamstring of some kind didn't it so i i, I don't know but uh you know hobbling off like that i'm just going to make the assumption that he's definitely not making liverpool
0: and and it could be a couple of weeks yeah mm. um which is i don't know maybe maybe a little bit of time out of the limelight will do him a bit of good he'll come back refreshed and revitalized it it, it, it is a it's you know united have have much better balance um with him in the side Um, and you know he actually started the last he started last season really slow and it was the second half of last season that he really exploded when he came back from injury so he's hoping that that happens again Um, in the meantime Cavani played 90 minutes did he yeah, yeah, he, he had 90 minutes. Um, I, He was certainly a handful and there was a lot of things that kind of nearly came off for him. The one um where he got the ball from someone on the right-hand side and had the ball in a really crowded penalty area and took a moment and tried to curl it into the top corner. Now, he didn't execute his finish quite right, but the way he made space for himself and aimed the ball at basically the only place where it wouldn't hit a, a Burnley player, some legs or a chest or a head somewhere... You know, it was. I thought it was quite impressive.
1: Yeah, I mean, three charts, a couple of key passes, an okay performance. So he hasn't. I mean, he's he's a very different player. Obviously, his movements uh, off the ball, not with the ball, and unlike Rashford and Martial, it's the other way around a little bit. So, and uh, and I just kind of thought uh, beforehand that this was an obvious one for Cavani to play. I don't think it really does Rashford loads of help there because he's playing off the right and it's not quite as natural for him, is it? I mean, he always wants to come inside, but then he's coming inside on the wrong foot. But um, you know, Cavani's a good option in the squad. I, I, would be. I mean, I guess he will. I guess he will start at Liverpool um, just because Martial's injury. I'm, I'm not sure he would have done but for that injury. And, and I wonder whether it'll change the system as well. But, you know, he did all right. So. Um,
0: my last point uh, about this game would just be uh, to go back to talk about Gary Neville for a second. Uh, Steve Armo tweeting, Neville's only a few more games away from saying Solskjaer was offside at the new Camp live on air. Um, united fans in general uh, kind of uh, united in the idea that Gary, Neville, Gary Neville's attempt to put on a facade of impartiality cuz everyone knows it's not real is has gone too far and he Clearly struggles when United are on air and ends up just being massively overcritical of United over and over and over again. Um uh Jay Motti, friend of the show, tweeting that uh this is his Gary Neville's worst performance since West Brom. Neville himself apologising afterwards and uh making up for it by filming himself, leaving Old Trafford humming Gary Neville is ready ace hey, scousers and pulling a really good face. So yeah. Not old Trafford. Oh, yeah, turf more. My bad. Turf, turf more. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: it's. It's. I mean, look. Uh, I. I feel like we we've talked about this with Gary Neville a few times down the years, and and it's true. He he overcompensates. He can't quite. He he, because he doesn't do this in in European games. Uh, for example, he's hyper partisan. The British team or the English team, you know, he's fully behind, and that's okay. Uh, and, like, everyone knows he's a United fan. And same with Carragher. I mean, it's, it's like there's no hiding it. So, um, I guess he feels like he, he has to give some kind of balance. His role there is to give colour. And he yeah. should stick to that. Yeah. Um
0: but yeah, Just shut very... up and dribble, Gary. <laughs> it was a very shut up and hum. It was a very, very, very enjoyable little video. And I had spent two hours furious with Gary Neville and it instantly dissipated and I fell in love with him all over again. So what are you gonna do? I'm easy pleased. Um uh, seeing the collective joy among United fans was so delightful. And United fans, we're not They're not stupid. We're not stupid. Everyone knows it's not very likely we're going to win the league. But it's been a really, really long time since United. were in a title race. I mean, we haven't actually been in a title race since we last won the league. So if we are in one this season, why wouldn't you absolutely enjoy every second of it? And the shamelessness is going to run and run and run. And so it should. I mean, when I say run and run and run, I mean uh, until at least half past four on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I, I'm not sure I'm even going to call
1: this a title race just yet.
0: No, we'll, sure.
1: We'll see. We haven't got to the halfway point of the season uh, yet. Yeah. But it, but it's nice that we're not 15 points behind at this stage of the season, yeah, which exactly. has been a fairly regular occurrence over the last few years, hasn't it? So, yeah, we can we can enjoy this and... Um, even if uh, it doesn't bring anything at the end, you know pro- progress is there. As long as you know, like, don't fall off a cliff in the second half of the season, which we'll yeah. see because weird season and all that key injuries, key people touch would never happen, um, and and things could get derailed. But you know, hey, um, this is good, isn't it? Yeah, Be nice to go one step further than like a semi final. Or second place but yeah yes we'll
0: it would it would um, and I guess should we take a break and then since we're talking about this take a break and then talk about the big one the first o- test against o- right. Sri Lanka no
1: Spurs v no. Fulham
0: no <laughs> <laughs> um, alright if you want more from the show in between shows check us out on the socials we are NQATpod on Instagram Ed's at NQATpod on Twitter and we are under our real names on Facebook at no question about that Right, so, it's always a big game. It's amazing that there's something on this. I mean, you just said before the break, if there's whether or not United are in a title race, I guess we know, I mean, if we win this game, we have to, have to concede that United are in a title race um, because we'll be six points clear of last season's champions. I mean, City won today at 6pm. That's a weird, weird time for premier league ha- games to happen um but uh apparently it was a pretty labored win um and so that's
1: the first half didn't see the second half so yeah seemed pretty labored in the first half
0: yeah um i mean of course it's big for them that they won but it's quite big for us that they didn't look very good because this is the key really if city are really 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 good all the, the next or the second half of the season. It's going to be very difficult for anyone else, I would say, um, unless Liverpool kick into top gear again. But they absolutely have not been in top gear this season. And, and They have not, no. And and especially recently, I mean, they've barely
1: played recently for one reason or another, but they, they had the draw against West Brom, the draw against Newcastle, lost to Southampton. They had a game cancelled? Am I right in saying? Then they, they had the... Well, they had the game against Villa. They didn't have a game this week. So anyway, I don't know. They've had a long time off um, since their last Premier League game, uh, and and played a sort of first team against the Villa children. So uh, quite a few of them. But yeah, uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll see. They might they might pay for all of this with congestion later. Um, well, except so not definitely really. They've had cause... more time off than us, and that may that may benefit them greatly on Sunday.
0: There's no reason that they should pay with fixture congestion down the line, particularly given that they Oh, because they've they've played played 17 games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're not behind City. uh, City have still uh, got a game to play. Villa have still only played 15 games. Um, So somehow they're going to finish their season during the Euros, I think. Um, Yeah, Yeah, they definitely can't do
1: that. Yeah, look, I mean, as we spoke about in the backers' content last time out, flexibility is going to have to happen. I mean, the clubs don't like it the managers hate it I mean if you saw Scott Parker and Jose Mourinho talking about the very hastily rearranged Spurs-Fulham game that's playing as we speak uh, and it was deeply unfair on on Fulham of course because Scott Parker may well have picked a very different team for that cup game he had at the weekend um, but I think it's just going to have to happen it's otherwise football's just going to shut down again and uh, we'll then be talking about massive losses and players taking huge pay cuts. So, you know, stop the politics and and just get on with it. Because, um, as I pointed out to a few people on Twitter, the 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 COVID positivity rate in the Premier League is like six times less than the national population. Right? That's all of pos you know tests taken and positive samples. Right? The bubbles are working, even if Tory MPs and some uh, and some um, some papers don't like it. Right, so uh, we'll have to be flexible. Everyone's going to be going to be strange season. Um, But what is not strange is United versus Liverpool, top of the table, mega clash. It's just a real shame there aren't going to be United fans uh, at Anfield to uh, taunt the Scousers about being second.
0: (laughs) Yes, quite. so, Diego Jota is out. Nabi Kata might be back. Joel Matic might be back, but it's looking a little unlikely. Joe Gomez and Van Dijk are obviously long term injuries there. So, we might have that kind of third and uh, like fourth and fifth choice centre back pairing, um, which they could really struggle with cavani the weird 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 thing about liverpool is that their, their big boys have not been functioning as you would expect their big boys too like this is they without van dijk everyone assumed that they would struggle defensively and and that's not really been the area where there's there's been a big problem and the, the problem has, has often been in um in scoring
1: goals recently, sure. I mean, Salah's still got thirteen in, in sixteen games, I and mean, it's not like it's a <laughs> poor return. from No, that's him.
0: that's true. It's a very good um, return. I mean, obviously. Mane,
1: Mane, not quite keeping up this season, but Jota came in, scored some very important goals. Uh, Firmino doesn't ever score goals, so you know, they don't base it around that. So um, they 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 still take a lot of shots and still score a decent amount of goals. Liverpool, and and there will be a threat. I mean. It would be nice if Salah and Mane got an injury before Sunday. To be honest, could do with that more than more than uh, Liverpool's defenders. So, um, but uh, yeah, at at least, at least if Bailly is fit and can stand another game, and his body doesn't break down in training this week, at least we got that pace in the back line, which will which is important against Liverpool because they are
0: quick and very mobile up front. So I know I knew I hadn't gone mad. Um Salah scored against Aston Villa's under 12s, um, but hadn't scored before that, since the 7-0 against Palace, which has also distorted Liverpool's goal scoring figures this season a fair amount. Since that game, they drew one-all with West Brom, Salah didn't score, 0-0, Newcastle and lost 1-0 to um to Southampton. So I mean their form before that. Villa game was absolutely shocking and I don't think you can count that Villa game as being any test of anything whatsoever because I mean it's no exaggeration it was literally against children sure yeah I mean the Newcastle games and the the West Brom game
1: were very similar in in that I mean West Brom basically until the second half didn't have a player go over the halfway line it was notably territory and Newcastle weren't that different actually. They were very prepared to sit deep and and defend, and and uh, those were the problems. Southampton was very different actually. So, although Liverpool did have a lot of possession in that game, um, Southampton uh, had a lot of good chances as well. Right, it was just a very good performance and like back to the wall stuff right at the end, but not for most of the game.
0: So no, yeah, sure. And um, they could have made it too a number of times. I think. Could have and, done, yeah. And a few, few good chances. So I wonder what United's approach is going to be in this one. I guess that's that becomes then the fascinating question. Are we going to see um, the kind of 4-2-3-1 with Pogba as part of the three? Um, maybe Cavani up top, Rashford on the left. No, what well, Pogba on the left, Rashford on the right. I guess it'll be Bruno through the middle. And then McS- McFred as a, a double... F- McFred is surely... It's surely an inevitability for this game. Oh yeah, they'll both play.
1: And I think the question really is: is is this more of a diamond and it's a bit more narrow, uh, or does Rashford play on the right and Pogba play on the left? And and actually, where we've seen this uh, in recent games, it looks like both, doesn't it? Depending on whether United have or don't have the ball. Yeah. Uh, so and and it works for Pogba. I mean, that that license to get forward in either system because he's got the two players protecting. Um, means he gets involved in the game more
0: higher up the pitch yeah yeah absolutely um, I I guess Cavani's going to play right that's that's he's just gonna I, I'm, I'm pretty he's sure, sure.
1: He's it'd be yeah I mean given Martial's out I mean unless um, Ollie has a an aneurysm or something in the next couple of days and
0: picks Daniel James. I wonder I wonder whether there might be not necessarily James but I wonder if there might be a a left field custom pick for this game. I don't. Think I can't so. think
1: who though. I mean Greenwood's not in enough good form to kind no. of justify selection right now and I I, I would yeah, given given that Ollie would tend to go a bit more defensive in this game, I think he's going to want McFred in. For sure, but Pogba's in form, and so it'd be a tough one to drop him for Greenwood, basically. Yeah. So what yeah. about a back oh, three? Or, I mean, unless Greenwood played up front with Rashford, but that combo hasn't exactly worked when they've played together. So. No. What about a back three? I mean they haven't played that for so long.
0: Uh, was it Leipzig? Did they play one against Leipzig?
1: Yeah. And it was a horrible disaster.
0: Mess. It feels like it feels like that would be crazy to be honest. Because also, do you really want to? Is is a four three three the system you want to go up against with a back three? Really, one v one. I mean, sure,
1: but then they just end up pulling. I mean, I, I guess there's an argument for it in that um, Robertson and uh, um, Trent Alexander Arnold are such attacking fullbacks. It would hamper United's attacking play greatly if that back five is pinned back constantly. Yeah, yeah, by the Liverpool front three and the full-back. So I, I don't know if it's the right balance, honestly, uh, for this game with Liverpool in this form and with those injuries.
0: I really hope that the balance of United's intent, not necessarily like the the team selection or whatever, because I do think McFred's an inevitability, but I do hope that United go into this game with a lot of intent. I think they will. I think they will. I think that this is, there's a side that must surely be quite full of confidence. Um, Clearly the kind of character of Bruno Fernandes is, is, you know, is that kind of positive driving on type character. We know that Rashford is, you know that sort of person to an extent and uh we've seen like Pogba's friendship with bayi and that kind of energy and enthusiasm and intent together on the pitch it's uh it's nice it's nice to see and I hope we have we have some of that collective. Talking of Bailly and Pogba, one thing we didn't mention is the permanent transfer of Timothy fosu Mensa to Maya Leverkusen, a lovely right. video of Pogba and baye saying goodbye to him. And clearly, Eric Bailly, extraordinarily fond of Timothy fosu Um uh, I mean, he needs a club, he needs a break, he
1: yeah. needs this to work out for him. Otherwise, he's, I mean, he's 24 now. Yeah, And he's just never really, I mean, he's six years of treading water, basically. Injuries, Absolutely. bad loans. He he's, he needs this to work. I, I do wonder whether it's just a level too big for him. But we'll, we'll see, you know, and, and whether he wouldn't have been better going back to Ajax, who who were interested. So
0: I was surprised. I was surprised that he went to Bundesliga club. But then you watch defending in the Bundesliga and it's all over the place. So he can probably get away with it. It's interesting, a lot of people thought he would be he would be like a really big player for the future for Semenza. I'm sure you could find a clip of me somewhere on this show in the past saying something like that, but I've not had that opinion for a very, very long time, I have to say. No,
1: no, he just it's one of those ones he needs a club. No movement on any other players. I mean, Solskjaer did say this week that it would be our usual. It's really hard to bring in players. No one wants to give up the best players, yada, yada. Uh, but it's more likely two or three will leave. And and that seems about right. I mean, it's a bloated squad. I mean, um, maybe they'll let Romero go. They didn't in the summer because they were trying to get money for him, but he's out of contract. So, like, it's something or pay him. Or it's, you know, it's nothing and pay him. Um, uh, looks like um, Rojo is just going to wait out his contract. So, his offers are domestic, apparently and nowhere near as big, so he's just going to pocket the money. Um, there was talk of Jesse Lingard. I know they um, triggered the extension of his contract recently, talk of Jesse Lingard, perhaps making a loan to... Where was he talked about going to loan, going CRE-R, I think? Or, or, or OGC Nice, who are basically bankrupt at the moment, owned by a um, private equity firm um, who are suffering somewhat. Uh so, yeah, I don't know that that wouldn't be a bad move well run club apart from the uh financial problems yeah well run team maybe, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, they took a very very interesting um view on this, you know their their view was that uh, this is a private equity company saying we will play in a certain way, we, we will play with a high press and lots of young players and and a very clear eyed view about why they're going to do that, and they're gonna do that because. You can get less. You pay more for the technical skills than you do for people who run a lot.
0: Ah, well, Jesse Lingard would be an excellent match for them. (laughs) Well, there you go. Exactly, good match. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Interesting. All right, back to the Liverpool game briefly. The the one thing, obviously, that Liverpool have is uh, very creative fullbacks. That's really, apart from the front three, where all their creativity comes from. So I guess uh, a lot's going to rest on Shaw and Wan-Bissaka. Shaw's in, still in really good form. Wan-Bissaka not, but can do a defensive job. So, you know, that... Yeah, if he
1: stops getting himself out of position... All of the time, which has been a real failing this season. Oh. So, um, yeah, you know, defensively sound when he's in the right position, uh, attacking, poor progression numbers and, and not too many crosses and assists or chance creation. But um, that that's a, an old story that hasn't quite changed yet. I no. mean, it'd be interesting, Liverpool, balance Liverpool's midfield is always interesting, isn't it? Because they do tend to play fairly prosaic players in the middle of the field. I yeah. mean, whether it's Henderson, Wijnaldum, and I don't know who the third will be. I guess probably Curtis Jones if um, Fabinho's in the back four, probably. And, and like, different styles of players, but, all water carriers of different kinds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not, you know... I mean, it's an insult, isn't it? Because cause Eric Cantona turned it into an insult, but... <laughs> um, you know, of of the three Jones They're is the shutlers, biggest passing passing range for sure and, and Winealdum is most, you know, um apt to get forward and uh and Henderson runs funny.
0: <laughs> but listen, he's also good. Like this is Jordan Henderson is good. You you're pulling a face, but that's because he plays for Liverpool. He's not um, that good, is he? He's he's just not that good. He's he does a really he he's not flashy but United could have done with Jordan Henderson a lot over the last five years, um, but anyway, uh, we've got our own
1: Jordan Henderson. It's just an upgrade in McSauce. Yeah, heck yeah, um, and doesn't run funny.
0: Does he? He's just quite an upright run. Scott McTominay. He's getting a muscular run. Yeah, he? you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Um, uh, I guess that United's midfield, on the other hand, I mean, you need to attack Liverpool down the centre because their their central defensive partnership is just nowhere, nowhere, nowhere near the level right now because of all the injuries. So just really target, intricate play, get so many penalties, get three penalties in this game. That's, that's what we want. I mean,
1: one at the cop end, we... chef's kiss sweet wouldn't
0: it it really would to win it 97th minute something like that perfect i mean listen a draw is a great result in this game in the context of the season a win is even greater yeah a win is like starting to lose the run of ourselves so uh, somebody said like oh you need to do an emergency podcast after we beat liverpool i'm like that's not an emergency podcast. That's just we do a podcast after every game. So I know, I know <laughs> yes. we took a break, but like, hey, we're we're here. We're not going anywhere
1: yet. No, we're just going to skip this one. We'll be with you next week. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh. Um. I mean, we uh we obviously play them and they play Burnley midweek and we play Fulham. So yeah, you know, come on, Burnley. We <laughs> could be nine <laughs> points clear come this time next week. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, although City might start catching up based on their games in hand or whatever, but, you know, who cares? Uh, for now, we leave you with Manchester United sat pretty atop the league table in their divine, the place where they have a divine right to be, looking down on all who would attempt to deign to be top of the Premier League. There's only one team as, top as, of the Premier as, League. Uh,
1: as a friend of the show, Darren Richmond, famously said, He wished he'd been more of a all those years that we were number one.
0: Yes, I'm not sure that's the word that Darren used because he's generally politer than you
1: (laughs) in in general. I'm paraphrasing for him.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, Brill, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back after the Liverpool game. Oh, my God. Come on, you Reds.